You can build the life you've always desired. You can become the person you want to be. You don't have to listen to society. You can step into your inner power and your truths and set yourself free. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of the Writing to Inspire podcast with your host, the one, the only, the talented, the humorous, and some may say conceited, I'm kidding, Jamal Kadora. Guys, thank you so much for the constant support. A quick side note, the Writing to Inspire podcast just hit 5,000 downloads recently. I am so honored, guys. I love seeing that my episodes are permeating the world and benefiting people. And boy, is episode 16 going to be emotional, expressive, and insightful. I want to talk to you guys about male avoidance, especially when it comes to romance, okay? And I'm going to reference this to myself And this may be applicable to other men out there who are listening, or to you ladies who have current avoidant male partners, or who dated, or are in the process of knowing, getting to know, excuse me, some avoidant men. So, what is an avoidant attachment style? Well, quickly put, our attachment styles are shaped from the ages of 0 to 2, and then from 2 to 10. And they are primarily shaped by our caregivers. Of course, other life experiences can shape our attachment styles. But typically, it tends to be our relationships. So, with these styles, you have three unhealthy attachment styles. The anxious preoccupied. An individual who seeks constant reassurance. Who seeks constant closeness. And then you have the two avoidant attachment styles. Dismissive avoidant the individual who wants to take a lot of space, the individual who is slow to respond, who doesn't really delve into their emotions. And then you have the fearful avoidant attachment style, which tends to vacillate between hot and cold. Wanting connection, but then when the connection comes, they pull away. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to take you through my attachment style as a recovering fearful avoidant. As someone who desperately craved and coveted closeness and emotional intimacy, but the moment I received it, I would pull away. And this pattern persisted. This pattern persisted for quite some time, fellow listeners. And I didn't know what it was. So from the time I was 17 or 18 and getting to know women, or getting into talking, and romance, and exploring, I would notice that I desired closeness. I coveted emotional intimacy and depth. But the moment things got too serious, or they appeared to take a more serious turn, I slammed the door shut, and I ran. And... I would hear things like, well, you know, maybe you just haven't found the right one. And I understand that. You know, sometimes we're just disinterested in people. But I felt like it was a little bit deeper than that. Or maybe you're just young and you're inexperienced. And definitely that played a role. Inexperience can dictate a lot. But still, there was a nagging voice within me that said this has to be deeper. 
But what was the ultimate wake-up call for me, ladies and gentlemen? It was a little while ago. Not going to give specific timelines. Again, I like to get personal on here, but not too personal. I had been invited to a concert by a woman that I was so, so, so interested in. And I mean, on paper, every single thing I could have asked for, I was finding in this woman. And so we planned this outing to go to this concert, and we went, and it was a blast. The concert was so fun. It was such an energized atmosphere. And I had one of the best nights of my life, but I still went home feeling like I feel very off within myself. Why do I feel the need to pull away? Why do I feel this aversion to closeness? This fear of intimacy. Speaking, speaking of emotional intimacy, guys. Getting close. Getting to know someone. Taking that next step. And I felt myself being pulled away by this seemingly inexplicable force. And it was disheartening, guys. Essentially, I felt my own heart break that night because... I had to contemplate and ask myself, why? Why when I have this great woman getting to know me and inviting me to a concert and we just had a terrific night, do I still feel the need to pull away? Do I still feel the need to repel her? To flee? To maintain, quote, my freedom? I had a lot, and I still do in some cases, a lot of unhealthy associations to closeness and relationships. I was terrified of getting to know someone. Terrified of sharing in the joy of love and connection. And after that, I had to really reflect and say, what is it? Because if this pattern is persisting with this woman who I know that I want to be with and who I know embodies the tangibles and the qualities that I've been seeking, it's got to be me. But I didn't know that in years past, guys. And it was terrible. I would push away good people and I would fail to enjoy and immerse myself in healthy love and connections because I was used to trauma and turmoil and hurt from my childhood. I didn't realize this until recently, but I was deeply traumatized repetitively in childhood. And guys, I don't say this to garner sympathy or pity. I say this to contextualize and to show other men out there that it is okay to embrace our emotions and our hurt. And I'm going to reference this point later on. I really need to expound on it. And also to let know other women out there that there are some deep-seated reasons for avoidance, and especially within men. Because I believe, and I could be wrong, but the last I heard, avoidant attachment styles are found more within men than women, I believe. And we can get into why that is. But I was defeated. And I was despondent to realize that this pattern was rearing its ugly head once again in a seemingly beautiful opportunity. Because I knew what I wanted and I know what I want. But what I want defies what I am used to. So connection and love to me were not safe places in childhood. They were often tumultuous, unpredictable, and filled with pain. So what does your subconscious mind do, guys? And mind you, your subconscious mind is responsible for, I believe, 90-97% to of your behavior. Think about that. 
90 to 97% of what you do is subconscious. So my subconscious mind was reprojecting all of my old childhood traumas onto my current situation and onto romantic situations. And why is that? Because a subconscious mind operates off of triggers. And a romantic relationship is a very strong bond, reminiscent of the bond a child feels to its caregivers or caregiver. And so when you're triggered, your subconscious mind reprojects these feelings of disconnection or a lack of safety or fear and terror and uncertainty. And I had to go inward and really heal, guys. And this attachment style sometimes makes me feel very erratic and irrational. Like, for example, if I am single and I have a life flaw or something I perceive to be a flaw, I'll be like, oh, okay, sometimes it'll send me into a little bit of overdrive, but I'm very quick to self-soothe and realize it's not that big of a deal. But in a relationship, I have the tendency to feel very unworthy quite often. So if I have a flaw or a perceived flaw within myself or in the relationship, and I think it's going to be something so bad, I'm so tempted to push away. I'm so tempted to run. To sabotage a beautiful endeavor. A heartfelt enterprise that I want. And I notice that if I'm single, I'll realize, oh, or once I cool down, oh, it's not even that big of a deal. But in the moment, we're, we're in this hypnotic state. Where we feel like, no, there's no way I can be good enough for this love or for this woman or for this relationship. Because I carry this flaw or this tendency or this trait. Because I won't be able to give this woman what she deserves or what she wants. And I didn't realize this before, guys. I always felt like I was ready for love. I always felt like I could handle it. But these subconscious, unhealthy associations were dominating my mindset unbeknown to me. I didn't even realize it. I didn't realize the constant need to vie for love and affection. The constant perpetual fear of abandonment that was wreaking havoc on my opportunities. If a woman ever needed space, I was quick to start an argument. Not because I wanted a conflict, guys. Because I didn't know that sometimes people do require space. I equated space to abandonment, to fleeing, to a lack of a healthy connection. And I would hurt myself inadvertently. And I would run from love. And I would try to overcompensate and be someone I wasn't because I didn't accept who I was. I didn't think that who I was was good enough. And sometimes I still struggle to believe that, guys. And again, please, none of this is for pity. I share these stories so that I can embolden all of you to share yours. And so that I can clarify things for some of you who have not received any answers. Because I swear to you guys, sometimes it really has nothing to do with you. Sometimes a person is so unprepared for the love that you give because your love is so beautiful and so healthy and so vibrant and it goes against every single thing that they were conditioned to believe and see. A healthy love defied everything I experienced in childhood, guys. I was often attracted to chaos and to unpredictability and uncertainty because that's what my subconscious mind 
came to recognize as its safety zone. And so now if I am in a healthy partnership, it takes me time to get used to it. It takes me time to realize this is what I deserve, this is what I want, and this is what I'm seeking. And it's compelling me to heal so that I can continue to accept the goodness that I am worthy of and that comes my way. But in years past, I operated within a completely different paradigm. A paradigm predicated on trauma, on a lack of safety, on hurt, heartache, and impending doom. And I'll never forget, something. when something goes good in my life, I just always think, oh, when's it going to end? When's it going to end? Tomorrow it'll end. Next week something's going to happen that's going to push this away. And why? Because in my childhood I was so used to good times being fleeting, temporary, short-lived. Kind of like the nice scenery, excuse me, that flies by during a car ride. I didn't realize that's why I carried this trauma into my adulthood and why I think the way that I think. And it takes a lot of repatterning, guys, and it hurts. It really, really hurts. And on top of that, with men... We're always shamed for our emotions. We're looked at as too feminine or weak or incapable if we express ourselves, if we disclose our deepest feelings and fears. So if you're a man like myself who had or has an an avoidant attachment style and then you deal with societal pressures and societal misconceptions, you're kind of backed into a corner. You don't know how to express yourself. You don't know how to seek help. You don't know how to understand and self-soothe and embrace yourself. Because if you're attuned to your emotions, you're viewed as weak, as decrepit, as incapable. And there's nothing more emasculating than that. We men want to step up. We want to lead. We want to take care of the women we love. We want to shower them in adoration, love, and praise. Sometimes we don't know how to. And we want to seek comfort. We want to come and tell you guys, hey, we're struggling. We want to open up to people. But we're afraid of being judged. And compound that with an avoidant attachment style where, in my case, I felt like if I showed any vulnerability, I would be abandoned. I would be viewed negatively. And yes, I've come to see differently. I've had so many people in my life who have shown me. So many wonderful, amazing, loving people who have shown me that love is unconditional. And that connection is safe. And that I am worthy of more. But for the longest time, guys, I struggled. For the longest time, I pulled away and I retreated into myself. Beautiful things would end. Amazing people would leave. And I would fail to relish in the good that I was blessed with. In the good that God sent my way. And it was because of my attachment style and my unhealthy associations. And these are still things that I deal with, guys. So please understand that relationships and adult experiences are so much deeper than, quote, He or she playing games. Guys, childhood trauma is real. And yes, there are people out there who play games. 
And yes, there are people out there who are disinterested in us, and that's fine. But there are so many people like myself in the past, and at times currently, who genuinely struggle with love and a healthy connection because we're not used to it. And because we haven't been conditioned to embrace our emotions and to seek emotional assistance. I still sometimes feel like if I express myself, it'll lead to abandonment. It'll lead to conflict and misunderstanding. Or it'll cause a huge fight. It's hard. It's hard and it's terrifying to face these demons. But I exercise them daily and I rise because I believe in overcoming these difficulties and being a much better man for myself, my future wife, God willing, my future children, God willing. I want to be a better man. And I share these things too, again, to reiterate, not for pity, but for clarity, for empowerment, and for love in general. Maybe you're a man out there who's struggling with this. Maybe you're a woman who is. Maybe you're dating a partner who's avoidant. Or your ex was avoidant and this is the clarification you needed. Or you're getting to know someone who they're so present at times like I could be and then all of a sudden they pull away. They're cold. They're a completely different person. And it hurts, guys. When you, In my case, when I love a woman, I don't want to treat her like that. I don't want to make her feel unworthy. I don't want to put her through an emotional roller coaster. It's hard. It's really, really hard. And on top of that, when you feel like you're already unworthy and then you have these struggles, it just compounds those feelings of inadequacy. It just makes you feel like you don't deserve the good that comes your way, guys, and it hurts. It pains me greatly to admit this. But I remind myself that all of us are imperfect and all of us have our wounds to patch or our challenges to overcome. And the beautiful thing is we can. An attachment style can be reprogrammed. You can repattern your subconscious mind and I've been doing it. And now if I ever feel those urges to pull away, I remind myself, no. This is what I deserve. A healthy, good love and connection is what I am worthy of and what I will always seek to provide to others and for myself and what I will work to fortify daily. This is the work, guys. And this is why adulthood can be difficult because we inherited traumas and pains and tribulations that we never wanted. And yes, we can have compassion for ourselves, but we also must have responsibility. We're not responsible for what we inherited, but we are responsible for what we do with it. And therefore, it is incumbent upon us to do the work so that we can experience healthy, fulfilling relationships and love. And it's supposed to be challenging, guys. Because everything that's worth having doesn't come easy. You gotta struggle for it. You gotta work for it. And I'm learning to do that right now. I'm learning to see that love is safe. Love is a connection and a space for great growth, great expressions, great fun, laughter, and joy. Excuse that motorcycle out there. Maybe that person is rushing to get some love on their own. 
<laughs> I'm kidding. Shitty joke. But yeah, that's what I'm learning to see. Whereas in my past, in my childhood, love was chaotic. Love was ambivalent. Love was unpredictable. I was always attracted to chaos or women who were uncertain. Because it triggered me and I thought that, that was love. And that's what I recognized as love. Again, from what was patterned to me in childhood. But now, I know that I am greater than the things that were modeled to me. I know I'm greater than my childhood trauma. And greater than generational dysfunction. And trauma. But it takes time, guys. And if you're with somebody who's avoidant, be patient with them. Express love and support because we really need it. We really, really need it. Or if you're avoidant yourself, be patient with yourself and express love and encouragement to yourself because you are worthy of it. We're all inherently worthy of these things. We don't need to live in the fears and the shadows of who we once were. We can rise to overcome. We can be proud of the progress we're making. And we can welcome and embrace a healthier love with a much better connection. And that's why I come on here and I make these episodes, guys. I make them to empower all of you. I make them so that you have some light in this darkness. Because I've been struggling. And I've been hurt. But I'm finding my way through. And I'm continuing to remind myself that love is safe and healthy and it's unconditional. And I can struggle with it. And I must remember that I am not my thoughts. I am what I choose. Just as all of you are. You have the power to choose who you want to be. And just because your thoughts defy that, it doesn't make your conception false. It just means that you got to do the work. And we have to have faith in ourselves. And faith in God's divine plan. And faith in where we're going. And I know it's hard because as a fearful avoidant, when I get into my hypnotic state or my triggered state, I feel like I have tunnel vision and I can only see things one way. And that's why I'll struggle with a task or I'll feel the need to pull away or I'll feel the need to run. I'll feel like I'm unworthy and I start to sabotage and look for little things that could push me away. And my subconscious mind does it to keep me safe. But that's not safety. That's an outdated strategy that no longer serves me and I'm working to repattern it. I'm working to overcome it. I'm working to see that love is greater than the pain I was exposed to. And that love is a safe space for true connection, for encouragement, for growth, and for prosperity. And I hope that this shines some light, guys. If someone's pulling away, it's not always about you. When I go through my fits and my struggles, it's not about a woman. It's about a man struggling within himself and trying to be better than he was yesterday. I still have these triggers. I still have these struggles. And I still have to remind myself that I am worthy. <clears throat> and that love entails me being chosen 
and loved unconditionally. And that a healthy partnership embodies teamwork and a safe space that's cultivated daily for two individuals to do the work and to grow together. So I hope to shine some light for all of you out there. And I hope for my fellow men out there that all of you are emboldened to embrace your emotionality and to realize that your emotions are necessary for your healing because they are indicators of what's unresolved within. And they are reminders of the work that we still have to do. And there is no shame in still having to do work, guys. Human beings are endless works of art. There's always something we're sculpting. Something we're reconfiguring. And that's okay. That's a part of the journey. And that's what makes us great. And I hope that this, again, shines some light for all of you out there. I thank you all so much. And please be sure to subscribe to this podcast, to share it. Get this message out there. Allow it to permeate and aid others. And for those of you who are unaware, I do have a writing page. It's called Writing to Inspire on Instagram. Follow there. I am offering one-on-one coaching sessions for healing and relationships. And I did just publish my latest book, Madness from a Broken Soul, which is a collection of my poetry and prose. And it can be found on Amazon. Again, that is Madness from a Broken Soul. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate all of you. We are going to continue healing, rising, and growing together, writing to inspire family. Much love, happy Saturday, and take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Writing to Inspire podcast. Please be sure to give it five stars and leave a comment so that it spreads to other people. As always, I appreciate you and happy healing.